0: our barrels of fun you like, you like, you like. this is section
1: 422 Welcome to the Section 422 podcast episode number 66. Derek Van Riper here with Will Salmon. On this episode, we'll be joined by Brewers Radio broadcaster Jeff Levering to discuss how things will be different in the booth throughout this 2020 season. We'll also get Jeff's take on a few pressing questions facing the crew before Will and I discuss a few other recent news and notes. Will, how's it going for you today?
0: Things are going real well. I've been very excited to be back at Miller Park, or for me, at least the first time at Miller Park, but just back cover, looking at baseball stuff, you know, and, and, and writing about it and relaying what's going on. That's been very enjoyable for me. And I hope that people have gotten a taste of what's been like through that reporting and writing because it's been fun. It really has, actually. I still have a little bit of skepticism as to how long it will last, but um, You know, it's very apparent that MLB is pushing through with this, of course. And so we're, what, less than two weeks away at this point. It's, it's a week from Friday, really, uh, where we finally will have a, a game, um, regardless of how different it will look like. So I'm doing real well, man. I'm excited about it all.
1: Yeah, Brewers-Cubs at Wrigley Field one week from Friday will be the opener for this season. and I think seeing daily coverage again just makes me feel like we are making progress. I think baseball coming back is a much-needed distraction, a much-needed sign of hope that things will eventually, throughout other parts of our life, get back to normal. Now we're very pleased to be joined by Jeff Levering, radio broadcaster for the Brewers. Jeff, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, thanks for making the time for me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that's the other way around but we appreciate you doing this uh, we gotta ask uh, it's probably nice to be back in a somewhat normal routine of at least getting to the ballpark on a regular basis but uh, what has stood out to you over the first 10 days or so of summer camp
2: uh, it has been nice to be back at the ballpark and, and even with all of the the different initiatives of getting into the ballpark and, and some of the red tape that we all have to go through it's it's nice to be going to work again um, and knowing that there's a start date. And, and that's a, always a, a thing to look forward to. Um, the, the thing that I've been impressed with, with the summer camp for the Brewers, is just how I knew it was going to be organized and, and, and well run. That's just the way that the Craig Council and Pat Murphy really run the ship. And it's, it's just been so seamless, it feels like the transition between the facility down in Arizona with as many fields as they have at their disposal and then using all that is possible with Miller Park. The only thing I'm a little surprised with is that they haven't utilized health air shield more. I felt like that was going to be kind of their, their small diamond where they could work out bunt defenses and catcher's drills and stuff like that. But maybe that's just, they already got that out of the way in the spring, but it's been fun seeing how they've transformed the ballpark and, and using every nook and cranny to the brewers advantage um, and being very creative with all the spaces that they've been able to utilize.
0: Hey Jeff, it's Will here. I've seen you at the park a couple of times. I know you've been on the Zoom calls with players, which have obviously been a new thing for us in the media to to listen to and participate in. And I was just kind of curious from your perspective on things, you know, the pitching has been one of the topics that has come up quite a bit with how suited Craig Council is to divvy up the innings, get the outs, move from one guy to the next, utilize the roster accordingly. You could mention that, but I was also curious if there was anything else or any other players that may have caught your attention as, as you've watched these practices and participated
2: on these calls. A couple of guys that stand out, and it, it kind of carries over from the, the spring camp to the summer camp, but seeing what Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta have continued to do. That was the big question coming into the spring. How are they going to be able to bounce back? And for Corbin, a really subpar 2019, and for Freddie showing the flashes and just being more consistent. Those two guys have really stood out and and have maintained what they they built up in the spring camp. So from a pitching standpoint, those guys have been impressive. The non-roster invites – Justin Grimm continues to be very impressive and a guy that that has a chance to to make this bullpen, especially with the expanded number on the roster coming up uh, with the 30 guys at the beginning of the first two weeks of the season. Um, I, I really like the way that J.P. Firehawk has thrown the baseball. He's a guy who's going to make an impact on the on the roster at some point. Um, the way that the Brewers and I'm sure the rest of Major League Baseball is going to utilize their pitching stabs and, and the players at their disposal um, those two guys have been pretty impressive to me. Um, obviously, Logan Morrison continues to do his thing, and listening to him in, in pregame press conferences and how he's transformed his body and um, how how great he was swinging the bat in the spring camp and has continued to swing the bat well um, in the summer camp has, has been effective, and, and that's a guy who's going to make a lot of noise despite how many uh, position players Craig Council uses with the University of the That's a guy to keep your your... Your eye on, um, certainly. And, and I really like the way that Ben Gamble has, has really come out of, of spring and into summer. Now, his playing time is not going to be very significant just because of the guys that are playing in front of him um, and the at-bats that need to go to Lorenzo Kane or Christian Yelich and obviously I.O. Garcia and as a D.H. Ryan Braun or first base. Um, but those guys need rest. And if something happens, an injury or potentially a positive test from one of those guys, if it happens – um, you're you're in pretty good shape with a guy like Ben Gamble coming off your bench and um, you feel confident that, that you're not, not going to lose a, a significant amount either on the defensive side or on the offensive side.
1: Depth is going to be so important in this season for a bunch of different reasons and it's just going to be a, a weird year overall. Jeff, I'm curious to know how are things going to be different for you and the rest of the radio crew as you're calling games and, and traveling a little bit this season?
2: Well, it's, it is going to be different just from the, the standpoint that the booth is constructed differently. We've got the plexiglass on the table between where you can sit in the front row um, and then in the back row there's a big plexiglass barrier where Kent and Lane sit for home games. So first and foremost, our cue cards that we get on these big 5 by 7 index cards, which are laminated, we're going to have to – one of the ongoing jokes over the last six years that I've been there is how well we can toss those – cards back and forth. Now we have a plexiglass barrier in between us now. So we have to really get creative on how we can do that. I've been practicing my boomerang skills, um, of flipping these cards. We're working on pulling lever systems, um, and how we can get those cards back and forth to Kent. Uh, but, but on all seriousness, it, it is going to be different. Um, I'm not so worried about the home games because the game's going to be in front of us and, and we can see what's happening, but the road games are, are going to be a challenge, um, where we're not actually Watching a baseball game, but we're—it's almost back to the the days of the, the 20s and the 30s, radio broadcasts where you'd read the game off the ticker tape and and you'd recreate these games. And if the ticker tape went down, you just as a broadcaster, you just had to make stuff up. So I, I remember a story very, very vividly of the game that Ronald Reagan used to call. Um, this isn't a book that I read, not that I listened to the game or heard it because I'm not that old, and I'm 36, <laughs> and and just secondhand story but the ticker tape broke in a game that he was recreating and he had to talk about the pitching coach going out to the pitchers mound. And then the trainer had to, to come out, the medical staff had to check something out and he made up this blister. And there was, he went on for 10 minutes before the ticker tape came back and he went, Oh, the pitches outside ball too. So, I mean, you just, we just have to get creative. If, if, one of our feeds goes down or a camera goes down because a fiber gets chewed on. Um, then we're at the rim of, of technology to, to see what's happening in these games. And, and we're going to have to call games and be creative with it. And we were talking about this yesterday, uh, me and Lane, we got together and, and you can on the radio side, we have the benefit of, of we can be a little bit later with our call and be more creative with it on television. If you're recreating these things, people are watching in, in real time But if you're just listening to the radio broadcast, we can be a little bit behind the action and still be all right um, and describe it. But it is going to be different in in what cameras we utilize to watch the game um, from the booth at Miller Park. And um, people are just going to have to be patient with it and we're going to have fun with it. We're going to be creative with it. We're we're not going to ignore the fact that we're not there. Um, We're going to talk about it because it has to be talked about. And, and that's okay. This is the the life that we're living right now. This is the world that we're in, and and it's okay to to make mistakes and to be behind stuff at times, um, and just and just let our imaginations run wild. I think that's the beauty of what we're going to be trying to recreate over the next sixty days.
0: Jeff, you mentioned that conversation that you had with Yuke uh, and, and and Lane. I'm curious what the setting was for that, um, and, and how that kind of comes up. Are you guys just tossing around ideas and? kind of going over some uh, concerns or just general ideas of, of
2: what will come into play? It was just a, a very normal conversation about what things were going to look like. And, and going to be doing the home games with me um, when we're at Miller park and, and talking about how he's going to get from his car up to the booth. And, and those are logistical things that everybody has to do. And, you know, for Bob, especially going to the clubhouse and talking to the players and being amongst the, the guys is is what he thrives on at 86 years old. Like that's why he still comes to the ballpark to have those relationships with the players and with the coaching staff and the, the training staff and the guys that work in the warehouse and the clubhouse staff. Like there's not a guy that Yuke walks by and he doesn't say hi to. And in this atmosphere, that's going to be a really hard thing for him to adjust to. And and we were just throwing things back and forth and how he has to go from point A to point B. And there can be no deviation. Um, that's just the way it has to be for Bob this year. Uh, but these are, these are conversations that we have and Blaine and I will do those road games. And there's the potential that Lane, if he, he'll go to some home games, but he won't be in the booth with us. He'll be down the down the press row a little bit and, and watching games from another auxiliary booth. But if he weren't going to those home games, there's a, a chance that he calls a game this year where he will not actually see a pitch in person. Um, other than what he did in spring training so that it's going to be totally different for for Lane and myself when we do those games but we we were just having a great conversation yesterday we went out fishing on Lake Michigan it was awesome we caught seven big big trout and salmon we even I cooked my salmon last night for dinner but these are just conversations that we had over the course of uh, a nice long day out in the sun and and catching some fish yesterday and tossing things back and forth. It was the first time three of us had been together since we were all together in um, in March in, in Maryville.
1: The occasional flashes of normalcy that I've experienced this summer are amazing. I mean, the, the simplest things that that we used to do mm-hmm. all the time, just doing those things for the first time again, has been, uh, has been outstanding. So this is your 60-year calling games for the Brewers, and I'm sure you could probably write a book about this at this point, but what has been the best moment that you've had working with Uke so far?
2: Oh, man, there there have been a lot of them. My best moment moment, not necessarily working a game with Bob, but my best moment was when I first met him. Um, He was the last interview that I had, this was right before Christmas Eve in 2014, and Here's my last interview. The the Brewers sent me down to Arizona to have dinner with him uh, and his wife, and we went to Don and Charlie's, and we were supposed to have dinner at six thirty, and he showed up at five thirty because he got the time wrong, and I showed up a half an hour early because I'm not going to be late for that kind of dinner, and he goes, "No, I've been here for a half an hour. Have a seat. My my apologies. I got the time wrong." And then within five minutes, Bud Sela comes around the corner, Don and Charlie's, and you says, hey al i want you to introduce you to jeff he's going to be working with us next year and this this is a time when i didn't even have the job yet so i had to go to the bathroom and change my pants and then come back and eat the rest of dinner and i mean those moments and, and i could go on for i mean like you said I've, I've got thousands of stories about youth but that that moment when he said hey this is jeff he's going to be working with us next year within five minutes of me sitting with him and talking with him and not having the job yet it's probably the moment that I will forever remember. It's just something that always sticks in my mind. Um, Working the playoffs with him in 2018 was unbelievable. Game 163 down in Chicago. I feel like he decreased in age by 30 years during that playoff run in 2018. You could tell in his voice how genuinely excited he was to work. Um, That was a blast. We have so many great stories where we make each other laugh so hard that we're crying, and most of the time when we're on the air, um, and he tries to make me laugh when he tosses to me for the, the pregame show, and he'll say something funny, and then he'll hop off the headset and throw his mic away and just start laughing to try and get through the starting lineups. That's always a fun moment, especially for me. Um, those are all great stories and great fun. Um, but I think my greatest moment with working him, again, didn't come on the air, but at the end of last season, the day of the Brewers clinched their playoff spot, um, you got a call at the end of the night when we were in Cincinnati before he went down and celebrated. Uh, with the team, and it was Joe Torre on the phone, and uh, him and Joe Torrey were roommates when they played together with Atlanta, and, and they've been buddies for a long time. And he goes, "Hey, uh, you congratulations on going to the playoffs again. Good luck with Washington. Uh, I'm in San Francisco, and I got somebody who wants to to talk to you and say congratulations." And he hands the phone over, and you hear this voice. He goes, "Hey, Yuke, hey, how you do, my man?" And you had no idea who it was, and he's he's going through this conversation and I knew who it was and I, I was super excited. And then once you figured it out, he goes, Willie, Willie Mays, my goodness. Good to hear you. My old friend, he's talking to Willie Mays and I grew up in Northern California and Willie Mays is my dad's favorite player. Um, I have a picture of the catch from 1954 in my office. I have a picture of Willie Mays, another picture of him in his batting stance in my office too. He was one of my favorite players growing up. So to hear you talk to Willie Mays over the speakerphone, um, and I'm like two feet away. That was a moment I will never forget ever in my life. Um, and and it's only working with you that you get those, those types of interactions and those types of connections. That was so well put, man. I, I was waiting for
0: you to say Willie Mays as you were relaying that story, kind of hoping it was going to be him. So I, I loved hearing that, man. That's great stuff. Um, you know, uh, this week, of course, you kind of get back into some some normal CEO or at least as kind of normal as it can get maybe or at least a routine um, as far as broadcast goes. Do you mind just taking us through, like, from what I understand, I think you guys get the call on Friday for, for one of these uh, scrimmage games?
2: Yeah, we're going to. Lane and I will do the game on Friday for the blue and gold game. I think it's going to be Game Four. Could be a decisive game. A lot's going to be on the line potentially um, in this Brewers World Series on Friday. So we'll we'll call the game, and and I'm not sure what the mechanics are going to look like of it. Uh, from what I understand, there's going to be uh, a microphone down in the, in the dugout that we're going to have players coming to and from, and and we're going to be able to talk to some players in the middle of the, of the game, almost like a a sideline interview, like Sophia would usually use. So we'll utilize that microphone. Um, We're just going to treat it as, as a a normal game and whatever the rules are, whatever the umpire shifts are again, it's one of these things where we're just going to have fun with it. And we're going to try and bring some quote unquote normalcy to what this situation is. And, and, people have been hankering to get, they've been watching the live streams over the last few days. And there hasn't been a lot of audio. And I know people just want to hear some commentary and they want to hear from players and coaches and, and, and broadcasters, whether you like us or not, it's just that feeling of getting in the backyard and doing some, it's like they're talked about those little senses of normalcy, like my garden and my, my yard look the best it's ever looked because I've had time to do it. But, Usually, when you're doing that, you're listening to a ball game, right? And and you, I, for me, I've been going back and listening to random games. I'll pick a random Tuesday in 2018 and just listen to a game because those are the sounds of summer. when you're outside, that's what you want to do. And for us, when we're doing these games and at night, we're imagining people sitting by their fire pits and grilling sausages and having a little bit of summer and listening to these games. So when we get back on the air on Friday and for the other folks for the first couple of games they'll get ba rock and Sophia. it's gonna it's gonna feel somewhat normal and, and that's what we're trying to to recreate with these games and and have a, a little fun with it with the brewers playing against the brewers we know the brewers are going to win so it's, it's a great situation
1: It is ideal in that scrimmage environment. You know the Brewers come away uh, with that W. Uh, Jeff, we are all looking forward to hearing you call games again starting next week. I mean, this is going to be the the most normal thing that's happened in several months. We really appreciate the time today and uh, all the best to you as you begin this uh, unusual journey here in the 2020 season.
2: Hey, anytime, guys. Keep up the great work. Been loving the stuff when uh, when I've been able to listen to the podcast during uh, during this time down. You've been getting me through a lot of runs and um, and a lot of bit, a lot of exercise and gardening. So uh, I appreciate you guys do excellent work.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you so much, man.
1: Smelling good is important, and thanks to Hawthorne, smelling good is easier than ever. It's time to move on from that old bottle of cologne and time to start taking care of your hair and skin. Here's how it works. Take a quick two minute quiz and Hawthorne tells you the products that are best for you, including two colognes, one for work and one for play, along with a full complement of shampoo, conditioner, body wash, deodorant and lotions that smell great and are free of sulfate, silicone and aluminum. All of Hawthorne's products are cruelty free as well. You can even take the quiz for someone else to find the perfect gift. Hawthorne is totally risk free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. All right, Will, so let's talk about a few other news and notes about the crew from the last few days. Uh, I saw Eric Lauer was placed on the COVID injury list over the weekend. This was a bit of an unusual circumstance because uh, as we've learned, Lauer had close contact with someone who had tested positive. He did not test positive for the virus himself. And I think the interesting thing about Lauer is that he was among the players dealing with an injury back when spring training stopped. And it sounds like as far as his shoulder goes, he's actually healthy at this point.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to sum that sum up that whole thing. Unusual. Great word. <laughs> but yeah, Lauer, Lauer was actually super sharp during spring training. I was I was really impressed with him and I was intrigued about him at the start of spring training, just knowing that hey, this was a former first round draft pick. There was a lot to like about him originally in the minors and at the start of his career and Hey, by the way, he's also still relatively very young, actually. And so there's a lot of room to grow there. And you put him in Milwaukee, you put him with the Brewers and their pitching lab. And yeah, I know the Brewers' history. They don't have a great success or track record with developing pitchers over their franchise history. But I feel like that could be changing when you look at um, some of the relievers and uh, Brandon Woodruff and other guys like that. So for me, Eric Lauer was among the most intriguing people in camp. And then he was also battling for that fifth rotation spot. We don't know exactly what that will look like. I assume that they'll still go with five guys from talking with Craig Counsel and other people around the team. And um, just going on that five days rest still, it just makes the most sense. How many innings they'll get out of those starters remains to be seen. So there's going to be a role for Eric Lauer on this team that's going to be pretty important is what I'm trying to get at. But right now, uh, we've yet to see him uh, because he was following the COVID protocols after being in close contact with someone who tested positive. He never tested positive, but of course, with being close to somebody who did, um, he had to follow the protocols and be safe with it. Like you said, the shoulder's fine. That's all cleared up, he said. So he was looking forward to Throwing a bullpen in a couple of days. Last time we touched base with him, um, at last time he spoke with reporters, and again, he's an intriguing guy. He's 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 a a guy that I thought was very impressive in the spring, and I'm eager to see what he looks like once we
1: finally get a glimpse of him in summer camp. Yeah, I think that placement on the IL just affords the Brewers a little extra flexibility if needed, if he's not quite ready to go when the season begins in ten days. Let's talk about some 60-man player pool additions. Still no Garrett Mitchell. I wish we could tell people that Garrett Mitchell was a part of the pool because I think that would make a lot of Brewers fans very happy, but uh, we'll have to wait a little longer for that to potentially materialize. 12 players in total have been added over the last week or so. A bunch of top prospects, Bryce Terang, Ethan Small, Antoine Kelly, Mario Feliciano, uh, Corey Ray, a part of the pool, coming off of a disappointing and injury riddled season a year ago at AAA, definitely a guy looking to bounce back. And it's going to be a strange year for Corey Ray in particular, because if there were a minor league season, a big season at AAA would help kind of put things back together. If he's in Appleton all year, just working with the Brewers reserves, there's not really as much of a clear bounce back to everybody else around the league. Like he can look great internally. He can tear up the competition against other members of the organization but it's just not quite the same as having a bounce back year in the PCL.
0: Yeah, of course, with mean, Corey Ray, the biggest thing has always been balls and strikes and that that discipline and the the chasing. And so that that's been his that's been his deal that's that's been what's stopped his or paused his growth at the plate. And so if we don't see that, we don't really know. Um, but he, he was this was going to be an important year for him one way or the other, and it still is. But I think you've nailed it with just how different it's going to be for him and and what that means for his development and his track to, to the majors at some point, I don't know. Um, I do think that he's among the guys it, that could end up helping the Brewers this season. Um, I don't know when, don't know how, but there's not going to be... Uh, as much continuity with the roster we know that much the Brewers so far have been in uh, a good place with everything Uh, probably one of the better teams when it comes to injuries and and the COVID related matters so they've been fortunate in that regard but who knows how long that will last and so the guess here is that they're going to experience some things and they're going to need that depth that we always talk about and Corey Ray is one of those guys uh, Trey Supak, uh, one of the one of the pitchers who spent most of last season at AA Biloxi is another one. And then the other guy is uh, Annal Perdomo, uh, who, big left-handed pitcher, a lot to like there. I, I think that, for me at least, he was one of the guys, one of the few guys, if any, that I was surprised not to see on that initial, active, uh, initial player pool roster. I was about to say active roster, which would have been the wrong term there, so... But I think that he was probably, like I said, maybe there weren't many big big surprises, but for me, I was a little bit like, okay, just because I expect him to contribute at some point, even though he uh, it's unclear when he will be able to get on the field in any capacity after uh, testing positive for COVID uh, prior to intake testing. So those are the three guys for me. And it's... For me, Derek, it's also interesting to see like which guys weren't included in this group because the headliners, of course, were guys like Ethan Small and uh, Feliciano and and um, Antoine Kelly, uh, Bryce Terang. Those were the headliners, of course. But for me, also, it was interesting to see guys like Peyton Henry, the catcher um, who was invited to spring training, not on the list or Lucas Ursaic, not on the list. Um, so that part is going to also, similar to like Corey Ray, it's going to remain, it remains to be seen what that means for their track record, for their track to the major leagues eventually.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. It gives you a a small glimpse into the mindset of the front office potentially to see who's included and who's not as uh, these player pools were put together. I think of the other pitchers that were added, Phil Bickford's pretty interesting to me. It's just a bit of a question if he'll make the leap since he hasn't Pitched above high A yet, but we saw him this spring. Just nasty swing and miss stuff. Looks like he could be an eventual late-inning reliever, a guy that could be used in a lot of high-leverage situations. Uh, But I am curious to see if he can basically skip the final two levels of the minor leagues to debut in 2020.
0: Yeah, he was... So impressive during spring, right? I mean, he was pitching those late inning games, and yeah, it was a little bit hard to tell just because at that point in spring training games, when it's the eighth and ninth inning, he is going against fellow minor leaguers, so it's, so it's a little bit different. But there was no denying how good that fastball looked from him. I mean, that was it was it was electric, really was. A great zip on it. I mean, and he just. He just had that presence on the mound, too, that like you knew that he was getting his outs. He was going to get a strikeout. So that was cool to see, of course, knowing all that he's been through over the past couple of seasons as well. Um, but one, one quick point also just on the fact that I mentioned the guys who, who weren't on this list. I, I, did, I did ask David Stearns during his last media availability last week, which was just prior to the announcement of these guys being added to the 60-man group. I did ask him about just what happens to the minor leaguers that don't make the list. Like what, what is the plan? And, and he said that they did their best to make very specific plans to players. And he does have faith in those. And And it will also be interesting to see like which guys, if any, go to Indie ball. And and because they, they do have that opportunity to do so if the organization signs off on it as well. So a lot of stuff in play when it comes to the guys who have not been added or, who haven't yet been added because they still have those two spots to play with as of now.
1: I think all of this is also further complicated by the very low probability of the Arizona Fall League happening this year, just as a result of the pandemic. I think that's something if you're trying to you know, forecast what things are going to be like at the end of 2020, as much as we hope that things have trended in the right direction enough for that to happen you certainly can't rely on that league running as scheduled and that's such an important uh, way to develop players you know who've had injuries that shortened their season and this year it would have been an opportunity for guys who really hadn't played at all to get some reps I think there were some talks about possibly extending that and even expanding the league to have an Arizona and a Florida fall league but That just looks like a long shot, at least for now. I think if things change on that front, perhaps that's where a few of the players who were left off the player pool end up going to get some action in 2020. Most of our listeners are in and around Wisconsin. And what better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged just like you. So what better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on section 422, go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form and we'll get back to you right away. Again, that's theathletic.com slash podcast ads. That is going to wrap things up for this episode of Section 422. You can find Will on Twitter at Will Salmon. I'm at Derek Van Riper, And again, you can scoop up a subscription to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash 422. Get 40% off a subscription if you're a new subscriber. If you have questions you want us to get to in a future episode, you can send those our way on Twitter. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any platform that allows you to leave us a rating and review, please take a moment to do that. We greatly appreciate those of you who've dropped us a five-star review. For Jeff Levering and Will Salmon, I'm Derek Van Riper. Thanks for listening. We're back with you next week from Section 422.